Welcome guys, Hello. good morning. Morning. Welcome to our home. You've got the pair of us today. We're um, having a bit of a more of an informal sort of approach really, a bit of a fireside chat. Um, we've both got a, a couple of things to, to talk about today. I want to encourage you guys. So we miss you, but this is where we are for now again. So grab, grab your Bibles, grab a cup of something, coffee, tea, juice, whatever, and we'll get started. Yeah, someone said to us recently, um, Joni seems to say things in two minutes, which takes me 20 minutes. And so <laughs> I got the hint. And so I'm hoping that uh, she can keep me uh, on track today. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, th I think there's a couple of things that are on our hearts and minds to share with you uh, today. And it's around the area of vision that um, one of the things that we would love to find in the black box of our lives in a crisis is to have vision. And you may think that is a bit strange, a bit odd, particularly in a time of emotional upheaval and turmoil. And um, maybe vision, the whole idea of thinking forward and thinking about the future uh, just feels a million miles away to your reality right now. And we wanna just say to you is that um, in the last six, seven weeks, Joni and I, and as a family, we have experience probably every emotion going in a, such a, a short uh, space of time um, and, and every single day we experience um, these different stages some days it really feels like we're just in survival mode and I'm sure many of you can uh, testify to that it's just about getting by and it feels like a groundhog day that each day morphs into another and those things that you were looking forward to, those simple things, um, you you daren't even think about because it's just about maintaining and surviving each day. Maybe for some of you, um, you've had days where you've actually embraced this season that actually found this season to be quite healing, and redemptive. Is it some things that you've been putting off for a long time? Is that you have found God speaking to you? You're drawing closer to God. You've got a a different perspective than maybe you had before the the precious things that you took for granted before and now there's a real sense of appreciation and contentment and then for others on kind of the emotional uh, scale is that actually you're growing you do have vision you do have dreams you would actually say you're thriving in this season uh, despite all the um, the, the suffering and the mourning is that actually you would say that in your heart of hearts is that um, there's a real peace, there's a real joy, there's a real sense of purpose every single day. Now, we have experienced all those stages, all those emotions on different days. Uh, and yet we just really feel that we want to share a bit about this idea of vision, that no matter where you are, even if this is a survival week or a survival day or a set of survival emotions is that maybe God would want to speak to you about having vision. Yeah, so I just wanted to speak a little bit about that area that John was speaking about, about mourning. Um, so many of us are dealing with uh, just mourning and loss and sadness in so many different ways and none are more valid than the next. Um, you know, but it's, I think it's imperative that we use the tools that we are given in order to stay healthy and in order to process through our pain. 
So I just wanted to start with a couple of short passages that um, really offer us hope in this season. So in Matthew 5, 4, it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And we know, obviously, God's talking about himself. He's our comforter. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. And in Psalm 126, verse 5, it speaks, it says, Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. So God is, he's familiar with our pain. He's near in our pain. Um, he can sympathize. He can relate to our pain. And I guess when we talk about mourning, it can sometimes seem like we're talking about crying or sadness. And while that's very definitely a part of the mourning process or the grieving process, it's much more complex than that. I think to reduce this process to just sadness or crying can unintentionally negate what others might be feeling and yet they don't realise that what they are experiencing actually is grief. Um, it's mourning and you know they label it as something else and wonder why it's not being fixed. Um, it's because they're trying to fix it the wrong way. And you know, grief or mourning can look like frustration. It can look like fraying tensions. It can look like tiredness or restlessness. It can be being off your food. It can be feeling very up and down emotionally. It can feel like anger. Um, it can feel like being okay one day and then the next you just take a dip. It can look like a lack of motivation. It can present as sleeplessness and, and so many more things. And grief isn't linear, it's cyclical. And because of that, it can very much feel like we're just going round and round in circles and not really actually making much headway in the process. And because it's very raw and real and complex, we do have to process it. It has the propensity to consume if it's not been dealt with and processed properly. And what our encouragement would be for you is to take it to God, speak to him about it, take it to your home group leaders, let them into what you're feeling and experiencing. Let those who you trust into your heart and, and help you muddle through because that sometimes can give you that fresh perspective or just a fresh set of ears, um, you know. And if you find yourself, you're just really struggling, you're not doing well, you've tried these things, can we just encourage you to speak to your GP? There are so many resources and people out there who can and would willingly help you go through this process alongside your leaders in a really healthy, constructive way. Um, one helpful thing to remember is that there really isn't a time limit on healing or processing and that can sometimes be a little bit frustrating if you're a results-based oriented type person. Um, we all process very differently and experience differently and we heal up at very different rates. Um, can we just encourage you that it's not a competition um, to heal up the quickest or to feel normal again the fastest. Uh, likewise, it's not a competition on who is hurting the most. Um, I think that platitudes are the very worst. Uh, when you're feeling very vulnerable and you finally open up to somebody and they offer you empty platitudes, they're simply trying to make you feel better. They don't realise they're not helping, but all you're feeling is, please be quiet. That's just not helpful. Um, and it just makes you feel worse, really. So, you know, it kind of can 
sort of make you feel like your feelings aren't validated like you know they're just trying to they're there brush it aside and hurry up through your pain and that's that's not what we would encourage that's not a healthy proper going through your process really um yeah and you know I spoke to you earlier before on five helpful things to cope well but sometimes all people need for you to do is listen like I said there's no quick fix uh, because we don't know how long this thing lasts we don't know how long people's processing takes just be there for them in their pain just sit with them and listen and be there and just love them remind them of who they are to you and what they mean to you and it might not seem like they're taking it in even sometimes, but just hearing that positive truth, I think, is very helpful for them. Just hearing that truth and letting them soak in that. Um, I think, again, it's helpful to draw our attention back to the truth of God's word. And, you know, this can feel harder to do at times than others, uh, particularly when you're feeling low, I think. Um, however, it's absolutely vital that you immerse yourself in this truth so that you can combat your changing feelings and emotions because every half an hour they'll change on you and you cannot rely on them. Um, so my encouragement, John's encouragement to you would be to just remind yourselves of, of God's true promises to be our peace, our comforter, that Holy Spirit comforter with you all the time. Um, yeah, don't believe everything you feel. Just believe the truth of God's word because that doesn't change. It's not based on circumstance. Yeah, and you may be thinking, hold on, I've mentioned vision, Joni's mentioned kind of dealing with um, mourning and grief and, and that process of lamenting, which is so, so important, so, so powerful. But I think there's a real link. Uh, I think that those who mourn are aching visionaries. Uh, the famous philosopher uh, Walter Storff said this, Mourners are those who have caught a glimpse of God's new day, who ache with all their being for that day's coming, and who break into tears when confronted with its absence. So a mourner, if you like, I think is an aching visionary, uh, essentially someone who sees what could be and isn't there yet. And when he talks about in the Bible, he says, uh, God look for someone to stand in the gap it's easy to look at the gap right now that we experience personally the gap in our society the the gaps of pain and injustice and suffering and it's easy to just um to just pray about the gap talk about the gap but actually god is looking for people who will stand in the gap and that is for us to take those areas of grief and take those areas of pain and allow God in his timing and in the process, which isn't overnight, but I believe that God will begin to stir vision in our hearts and vision in our lives. We would say that as a church, that a number of the initiatives, a number of things that we are doing right now in terms of vision and in terms of action are coming from a place of real mourning, real aching, real pain. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I took a van out and I went round the entirety of the city of Hull and the, the, the suburbs of East Riding and went and delivered uh, uh, prezzies and, and food hampers and, and gifts, different things. And that was a wonderful day, but actually it was a day also of um, mourning because 
as I went around the estates and I went around the suburbs and I went around the different houses, um, I was just overwhelmed with a sense of sadness. God is longing to bring our city home. And this is the vision that we set out at the beginning of the year. We want to call our city home and it just feels like that vision has even more power because of the circumstances that we are living in today. We want to call our city home. We want to say to our city that the church is alive and well and the church is here for you in the midst of pain, in the midst of turmoil. And I want us to look just briefly at the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 5 and Isaiah chapter 6, because this really is um, a stunning bit on vision. And in Isaiah chapter 5, we have, interestingly, it's called a song for the vineyard. And God is the owner of the vineyard and the vineyard being uh, the people of Israel. It's like a requiem. It's a song and it really declares the love that God has for his people. It says, I will sing for the one that I love, a song about his vineyard. And then we have um, kind of like 25 verses of real curses because the people of God have turned their back upon the Lord. Yet his love is steadfast. And then we have Isaiah 6 and it talks about uh, in... It talks about the king Uzziah and he reigned for like 52 years, was like the equivalent of a Christian prime minister. And uh, the the nation knew prosperity, the nation knew, knew stability. And then he got proud and uh, the Lord dealt with him. A nation that was now without its sense of uh, stability and it's as though God then introduces himself afresh to Isaiah. He says, look, everything around you may be crumbling. The nation may be in crisis. The nation has lost its king. And yet I need you to know that I am God. I am sovereign and I am in control. And it's just amazing few verses in Isaiah chapter 6 where Isaiah sees the Lord. He has a vision of the Lord. And all he can say is that repetitive uh, words because it's he sees this truth in God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then when he sees God, this is the thing, when you see God, you better believe that God sees you. And therefore that brings a sense of brokenness. Isaiah says this, woe to me. I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. He saw the King of Kings, and he was undone. And I don't know if you've ever had moments like that in prayer, in reading the Bible, just in a church service or out on the streets, and you've just caught a glimpse of God, and you've just been wrecked, you've been undone, you've been ruined. But he, he didn't leave himself there and God didn't leave him there. Is that then this great vision of God? He then says this. Whom shall I send? The Lord says, whom shall I send? And who will go for me? And I said, here am I, send me. So out of this, God births vision in the heart and the life of Isaiah. 
And I really believe that as we're confronted with absence, as we're confronted with suffering, as we're confronted with things that we're even lamenting over in our own lives, maybe uh, regrets, maybe uh, the sin that's in our life, maybe it's the injustice, maybe it's the pain that we're seeing and the loss that people are experiencing, all of that, I believe God will work in a redemptive way to birth vision. So we want to ask you today, what do you have vision for? What is God stirring in your life? And it may not feel like how you thought vision would feel like. It may not be as extravagant as this vision painted in the book of Isaiah. Maybe it's just in that quiet place where the tears are flowing, where you're um, angry, where you're even full of anxiety and God begins to stir, God begins to speak and it starts with a hunger and it starts with a thirst and you don't lay hold of this vision that God actually lays hold of you and your heart and begins to birth and renew that vision in your life. So many people are asking right now, God, what are you saying to the church and to the world? What are you saying? But I think a more pertinent question is, is what is God saying to you? What is God saying to me? And in this season, God is dealing with us. He's dealing with some things that we have forgotten about. He's dealing with some hopes that we have uh, we have put trust in that wasn't him. He's realigning some things. He's bringing us to a place of repentance. And we're just crying out to God and saying, Lord, do something in our hearts that will produce a vision and then the vision will produce action so that we can really reach out and see our city change, that we can really focus on those things that are urgent and important. I think he's speaking to us as a church individually, but also to us corporately. Yeah, and I think, you know, God, he's speaking to us about what we can get involved in, what we can do about it. And so often we get requests, well, what do you need? What can we do? How can we get involved? What's the what's the finger on the pulse? What's going on? What do I need to how can I be of use? Um, and I suppose there's a couple of things that we would love to highlight for you guys. Um, if you feel that it's something you can do, we would love to say donate food. We give out so many food parcels each week to desperate families who, who really they're in, they're in some situations that they can't otherwise feed themselves and that's you know we've been blessed with so much and how could we not be generous and so yeah we would say donate food um give essentials um things that you know toiletries things that people just basics you know people need but they don't have and where else are they going to get them of course people look to the church to help in times of crisis so this is what we do um we're going to be doing this thing called baby bag that we're giving away. Um, the idea is that it would it would build over time, but straight away it's going to be baby essentials. It's going to be um, baby food and nappies and, and wipes and things that are just absolutely crucial that that really cost money. And you know we want to be there to really help the need that we're we're constantly seeing and being referred to and, and hearing about and we want to step up and say yes we can do something about this um we're going to be doing you know possibly loving your neighbor is something you can get involved in giving out just simple cards to say hey do you need anything or thank you for being that frontline worker just just words of encouragement i think sometimes when all we see sometimes from the news is just doom and gloom 
you know, that cheerful word, that helpful word, that thank you goes so, so far. And people remember how they, you know, you left them feeling. They don't always maybe remember all the details or even your name sometimes, but they just, they remember, hey, I know your face. You're the one that helped me when, when everything was going really wrong. Um, and likewise, if you're in a position where you, you need help, please reach out to us. Um, we, we can see what we can do with regards to food parcels for you, or maybe you just need a chat. You just need to process through some of this stuff with someone just, I don't know where to begin. I just need to talk to somebody. That's what we're here for, to meet that need. Um, maybe you've got a prayer request. Um or you, someone's talked to you because they know that you, you, you go to that church and they, oh, well, you know, if you can, maybe pray for such and such. Please pass these along. We are, it was our privilege to, to be receiving these week in and week out and to dedicate ourselves to prayer. Um, maybe you're finding yourself exploring faith at this time. It's really caused you to start questioning the bigger things of life. And if that's you, we just want to say you're so welcome. We do alpha courses. At the moment, we're going to be doing them online. We're certainly not stopping them. And um, there's such a need. So if that's you, contact us. We can get you involved with that. Or maybe you're finding yourself really struggling financially. You maybe find yourself in a bit of debt or unplanned expenses that have really thrown a you know a spanner in the works. And we have people, dedicated teams who are really good at this thing. They're confidential. They are high on you know being able to make sure that you feel that sense of dignity and 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 love and and again completely confidential it doesn't go any further but that help is on offer to you if that is something that you need um or maybe you're you're finding yourself and you you would need or or request a baby bag that's again that's something that we can get you uh get in touch with us and we'd be more than happy to sort that out for you so those are just, you know, a few ideas um, to come your way. It's been a joy to, to speak to you guys again. Um, I hope this resonates with you guys. I hope that these are some verses that you can really let soak into your soul. We love you. Um, yeah. yeah, so we, we, as you know, we, we're doing a number of these things and we've seen just incredible favour. And uh, it's been such a privilege to be able to bless literally hundreds of people around the city with your generosity. Mm. Uh, we're seeing some just incredible stories, hearing some amazing things. I, I heard three or four stories today just in our staff gathering, uh, which were incredibly moving, and we'll be doing videos and rolling some of these stories out and informing the church. Um, we, we're already on with a lot of this stuff. If you go to our website, you'll, you'll see it all. But we essentially just want to say to the church and say to our community, Look, if you can give help or you need help, then we want to offer that. Mm. And it's a succinct way of just saying this is who we are in this season. This is what we do. We've been the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus loves his city. And like Isaiah, you know, when you're in crisis, the first thing you need to do, like he went to the temple, he checked in with God. You need to check in with God. Mm. Check in with God. That's the number one thing you need to do. And then out of that, that place of heart and vision and longing and aching is let's begin to uh, step up and serve this city in even greater ways, in new ways, in fresh ways. Uh, this is what the church has always been doing, but we want to do it even more, particularly in this season when we see that the need is so great. So go on our website, look out for the promos and the various things we're going to be doing over the coming weeks and the stories and get involved. We love you, church. 
you're doing an amazing job. You're just doing so, so well. We're incredibly proud of you. And if you need anything, remember to always reach out. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.